to Week and Wire Playoff Preview. This is a the most fun. Probably the most fun. Yeah. Arguably the most fun. I would say. Yeah. I mean, unless some crazy shit happens down the road. Um, this is probably as good as it gets for us. So enjoy it. Um, <laughs> we have six of the eight first round series set up. We await the winners of my Pelicans and the Clippers game on Friday, as well as the Hawks Cavs game to find out um, which which teams will be playing the Suns and the Heat in the East. Um, and we're going to run through every single playoff series that, that has been decided, and we'll talk about the 1-8 matchups at the end, sort of, I guess, conditional on which team wins. We'll figure out all the outcomes, I guess. Um, and I we're not going to do the full... Uh... Yeah. Oh, I was just going to say, can I, it's really fun that like we both have like a vested interest this year. I don't think this has happened before because like the Suns uh, were always no. really bad and then the Pelicans were bad last year. So yeah, I think the Pelicans were terrible the last, I mean, the Suns were terrible the last time the, Pel- the Pelicans were in the playoffs yep. in 2018. And last year we were like the 12th seed, I think, or something. I yeah, something like that. Yeah, I 11 or 12. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Well, I might not have a vested interest for very much longer, but you definitely will. Yes. <laughs> um, so without further ado, we're going to start with the series that I found most intriguing. No surprise to Aro here. Um, this is Sixers Raptors. Um, this is the rematch of the greatest playoff series I've ever seen <laughs> in 2019. And no disagreements the one that here. I yep. cherish, cherish the most, probably. Historically, yeah. I, I can't think of a better one. Um, so well, the Boston Toronto series, I'm sure, was was pretty good for you too. In the in bubble, the bubble, yep. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, that was great. Um, <laughs> but no Kawhi, so takes it yeah. yeah. backseat. But uh, no Kawhi, no no Toronto home crowd, which is usually great. And yeah, everything that comes with that. But um, okay, so this is the most lopsided coaching matchup I could come up with um, of literally any like playoff team versus another playoff team like not yeah. even not even among the matchups that we actually have but like okay maybe next round if the sixers win it would be uh spo versus doc rivers which is also pretty bad so that's kind of my angle on this um i think that the raptors struggling to score in the half court is a problem or do you want to do your historical thing right yeah, I do. Um, I'll put it in there. And this is actually going to lend credence to your eventual prediction here because the Raptors did win the season series three to one uh, this year. And the only game that Philadelphia won was back in December. Um, so I don't know how much you want to look into that. Their most uh, two most recent matchups were in uh, March and April. Both Raptors wins both by five uh, all time. They have met in the playoffs uh three times well this is going to be the third meeting uh raptors won in 2019 of course you know that one and then the other one is actually uh, quite a famous one as well in 2001 Mm -hmm. this was vince and uh his raptors couldn't get past alan iverson in 2001 uh the year that game seven right that also went to game seven yep and that would have had i think vince missing the shot in game seven uh, whereas Kawhi made the shot in game seven against philly in 2019 so there you go 
And both times the winner of this series went on to make the finals. Yes. Yes. There you go. And in the Raptors' case, they won. Yes. So, um, Raptors struggle to score in the half court. They're 25th in half court offense. They like to get out in transition. Um, Sixers do not like to get back in transition, especially Harden and Embiid. Um, one of the things I was sort of hoping for or looking at, hoping to see this year was the Sixers when they're matched up with the team that can score in transition. Um, the Nets are one of those teams. That's really how a lot of how they, the Nets were able to attack the Sixers and that the big marquee game where they blew them out and Harden was a disaster. Um, KD basically said after the game that they, they knew they weren't going to get back in transition. So they were going to push the ball the whole time. Um, you know, the Raptors are not going to pretend like they have a ton of weapons comparatively to what the Sixers have. Um, I don't know that the, yeah, I, I don't know what their answer for Embiid is going to be. I think you're going to see a lot of double teaming off the catch. A lot. Sort of like, okay. yeah, like you, I would imagine they're not going to double team until he starts to take a dribble, which I think is a good strategy for just most teams when you're yep. doubling anyone. Um, so if he catches, he's posting up, he sort of, I think he's, he's progressed as a passer now. And I don't know if this would have been, I don't think this would have been true two years ago, but where if you double him right off the catch, he's going to make you pay. Um, I don't think you could really do that and get away with that anymore if you're the Raptors. But I do think with, once he takes a dribble, there are, they have a bunch of guys that can sort of take swipes at that, frustrate him, and get him to make bad passes. Yeah, there was a really good thread, uh, I think early this year, or maybe late last year of Embiid in that exact situation that you're talking about where they double. Um, and Boston, I think, was probably the team that was most famous for doing it to Embiid and really, really made Embiid struggle against them. Um, where they would double. And, and I mean, when you have a guard like Marcus Smart digging down, it's, it's going to be tough regardless. Um, Toronto doesn't really have that same sort of guy on the perimeter that can kind of dig down and, and put Embiid in trouble. But uh, I think Embiid's passing is probably going to be the most intriguing part of this series for me. And then if other guys can make shots for Philly, um, they're going to need, you know, big nights from Maxi, from Harris, um, obviously from, from Harden. Um, so I, I don't know. Yeah, th- there are a lot of... A lot of guys that I don't know if I fully count on for Philly to to play well in in this important of a series. I think I think that Maxi, as much as trust as you can have in a guy that is not experienced whatsoever in the playoffs, I think Maxi has sort of earned the respect of being someone that is beyond like a Tobias Harris and he's going to have more of a role than just catch and shoot and like shot variability yeah. in the series. Yeah. Um, he's not going to be like, I think he's, he can be more than like the Fred Van Vliet role that we saw when Toronto made the run to the finals, which is making every shot. I think he's going to be able to attack on drives. And um, as far as Harris goes, I do think he's looked more comfortable in this version of the Sixers than he has in years past where he, like, I think his ideal situation is sort of attack off the catch with Harden's passes. And that's not something they were, his like his situations where he was able to like score in the previous iterations of the team with Simmons and all that were like a little harder. Um, so I do like that a little bit more. The problem is I think the Raptors have so many guys that can throw it hard in, in those wings. And I also don't know if the Sixers can defend Siakam and, Van Vliet and all those dudes. Um, Matisse Thibel is not going to be able to play any of the games in Toronto. There'll be three games max in Toronto. Um, That's important and, three games, though. I mean, yeah, Toronto could yeah. win all three. Yeah, 
Uh, I think Toronto oh, will absolutely. probably win all and, three. Yeah. Well, you th- okay, so you think Toronto think seven, then. six, surely six. Okay, okay, yeah. Um, so last time these two teams played, you, you mentioned it in like early April, um, couple, like I think like maybe a week and a half ago, no, they had to play Dan Green yeah. like 40 minutes. Um, because there was no title. This team is pretty razor thin now. Uh, they don't have that sort of secondary creativity that they had with uh, Curry um, in the past. And their backup center situation is still dire. Like they don't, they don't have, um, it's, it's kind of the same problem they had three years ago and they're facing the Raptors and the Raptors don't have as, as good as bigs as they did last, last time. But um, like Doc Rivers has already said, like he's going to play DeAndre Jordan probably, which I don't think is the right decision. Um, I think Paul Reed has played better and Paul Reed is someone who can like kind of space the floor a little bit for you, Um, which I think is important because what the Raptors are going to try to do is shrink the floor. And we've seen them do that before. They did it in Boston. They did it versus Boston, the bubble. It's kind of their, their MO. Um, And I I guess, I guess my question is like, do you think Toronto is going to try to adopt the strategy of let Embiid wreak havoc make him beat you by himself or is it we're going to mix up the looks on him? I think like is Harden going to be the X factor in the series or like is Embiid, is it going to be Embiid like versus everybody? Cause I Embiid, think they're the matchup gonna, scares me more. Yeah. I think they're going to mix up the looks on Embiid. I don't think they can afford to just let Embiid kind of feast inside and, and get 40, 45 on a nightly basis. Um, yeah. I just don't think that's feasible for Toronto to win that way. Yeah, I don't think their offense is good enough to do that. Right. And, and so I think they have to mix up the looks on Embiid. And that, that's why I was thinking that like Harris and Maxi are probably my two players to watch even more so than Harden. Um, because like, I'm really curious to see what impact Maxi has, because like you're saying him and Harris both have a lot more space to kind of operate off the catch now. But what are they going to be able to do with it against Toronto? Because if Toronto does commit two to Embiid consistently, then, okay, I could see Maxi just being a, like a slashing nightmare for Toronto mm-hmm. um, and him being able to get to the line, being able to get layups, just being able to do kind of whatever he wants inside. Um, you know, Toronto's rim protection is going to be challenged either way. And, and I mean, if you're constantly having to rotate because there's two on Embiid, I think it's going to be tough. Um but yeah, that's why I think that, that, that they're just going to have to like kind of give varied looks. And I mean, you know, Nick Nurse, he's going to give you a lot of different looks for Embiid to have to play with. And then you're just kind of hoping that either Embiid or, you know, Maxi kind of just makes the wrong decision. Um, you're not going to be able to outscore this team. It's going to be one on the defensive end. And like you said, you're going to have to try and create turnovers, whether that's, you know, with Embiid in the post making bad decisions or whether it's, it's Maxi and Harris uh, just doing you know, something wrong off the catch. Um, but yeah, I really think it's, it's going to come down to those two guys for Philly. And then I'm curious to see how many different looks like Nick can actually find for Embiid. Cause like, there's only so many different things you can do without just kind of like opening up your yeah. defense entirely. Um, Embiid's just too, I think too good of a passer now to like fully just kind of, you know, commit to stopping him scoring. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm curious to see what Nurse can cook up because, like you said, either off the first dribble, um, do you try and give him a couple looks where you immediately converge on him after the catch? 
Um, do you try and let him kind of work in the post and then meet him more at the paint? Um, do you try and, and force him to try and catch the ball further out? I think that might be one of their keys is try and just not let him enter even into the high post and try and make him catch the ball at the three point line. Um, but again, like, how do you do that consistently? I, I really don't know because he like Toronto just doesn't really have the size either to really match up like that, you know? Um, so yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what the answer is to be honest with you. Um, I, I like Toronto because I just trust that Nick nurse knows the answer much better than we do. Um, but it, it's, it's a weird one. Yeah. Because Embiid is, is such a problem for Toronto to specifically to deal with some of these other teams in, in the East, I think have more of a set answer for Embiid when you look at Miami or Milwaukee. Uh, Toronto is one of those that doesn't like, I don't think there's a clear answer to how you deal with him. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't know what your, your plan was for Toronto with Embiid, but um, I think they're gonna have to really mix it up and, and hope that he just kind of gets flustered. Um, and like you said, yeah. uh, the coaching side is, is very one-sided. So <clears throat> I think you have to, you can't let him figure out, what you're doing. You can't let him figure out how to beat whatever your primary plan was. So you are going to have to mix it up a lot and we're going to see them go zone because they always yeah. do that. Um, yeah. And that's going to be, that's going to be an interesting look and they'll throw it out in some second quarter in some game and it'll be without any warning and see how the Sixers adjust. Um, I do think the longer they can sort of make these possessions um, for Philadelphia is going to go a long way. Um, like yeah, tire them out. Deep in the shot deep in the shot clock like if you're getting harris to have to harris and maxi those guys have to like force up a wild shot um i think that that's going to help the raptors transition game um getting out with van vliet and siakam those guys um scotty barnes i don't really know what his role is in this series um if they can sort of make him just be a wreaking havoc defender as far as the Embiid situation goes um I think what the I think what the Clippers did to Towns is a pretty good idea, um, and while yeah. Towns is a lot better of a shooter, um, like you're gonna have to sort of play and be more away from the basket. They were they were sort of more willing to let Towns like get to the, like that mid post area where he can like yeah. throw up floaters and stuff. But you can't and, let Embiid get into that mid post. Yeah, I you think can't let Embiid get that far. Yeah. So. I think you're going to see a lot of like hard trapping and things like that. Like, I think they're going to be really aggressive with him and hope that the whistle sort of plays to their favor, but which I think it will. I mean, that's the other part of it that that I think they're going to let Embiid kind of not get some of those touch calls that he he gets in the regular season as much. And even if he does like, yes, he's going to go to the line. He's going to make them. But I, I think the Raptors have so many guys that they can throw at him. Like you have still have a Chua who's not even like playing that much for them. And yep. Uh, Boucher Birch. is probably your best rim protect. Yeah, Birch is Birch is good. Boucher is probably your best rim protection option at this point. Yep. But yeah, if he gets going, like if he's just able to post up one on one, it's going to be a murder. So they're going to have to really try some schemey stuff. Um, well, I was curious. Prediction. That, yeah. Well, I was going to ask: Do you try and and say to Scotty to play and be? like not one-on-one, but have Scotty be Embiid's primary defender. And that way you have either Boucher or, or I don't know, Birch or whoever it is, be more of like a roving role to kind of yeah. help with the double. 
And so that way it's your basically three guards or like, you know, Siakam as a small wing being the guys that are rotating to the other four guys and then just try and play that four on three. I, I don't know. Cause I feel like Scotty is strong enough to at least kind of try and push and be away to where he's not just going to get out muscled every single time. Well, I don't depends. know if he just shoots what, what over. Yeah, I don't know. It depends what lineup the Sixers are, re- are running because if they're doing if they're doing yeah. Harden, Harden, Maxi, Harris, Embiid, and another shooter, I don't really know if you can do that. Um, right. But if they are playing another big for some reason, which they might, <laughs> Stock Rivers, I, I just, I, I, I think that's a good strategy. Um, and I would not be surprised if, you know, they put Ananobi on Harden. And just yeah. let him, like, if I mean, I think that's a positive for Toronto if that's if that's the matchup. So, um, it would be nice if they had like a dominant wing scorer. Um, yeah, that would help a lot against this team, but they don't. Hey, Kawhi, um, perhaps. <laughs> yeah, Kawhi, but they do uh, not. Yeah. Um, but I, I do think this Sixers team is like the roster is probably a little bit worse than what they had in 2019 and Raptors roster is different, but um, I, yeah, this is tough. I, I, I think my, my general prediction is that the Sixers are going to win game one. um, And then you're going to see a lot of different stuff happening in game two. And it's going to be hard. I don't even know if the Raptors take game two, honestly, but I think they're going to take this series in six. Um. That is my big, that's like the public upset. Um, that's probably the only first round upset I'm picking unless I change my mind later on. You say that now. Wait until we talk about say a certain series in the West. I say um, that now. Well, I guess, yeah, you could do Nets Celtics, which, I mean, either way, we'll talk about that. Ah, that's, I, yeah, I, that's, that, yeah. I am so undecided on that one. <laughs> I'm not. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, um, I think the, the six to eight minutes that Embiid is on the bench is going to be massive. Um, what killed think, him last time. It's what killed him last time. I think uh, you saw the Hawks kind of really take advantage of the fact that um, Embiid sort of gets gassed by the fourth quarter as well. Um, I don't really see that changing unless we see some sort of incredible performance from like a renaissance performance from Harden. Um, I just... I, I can't see Embiid being less tired. And so if this series does go six, seven games, that also becomes a little bit of a worry. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, those six to eight minutes um, without Embiid on the floor, I mean, Toronto is just, just deeper. Um, they're better. And, and those are the minutes that I think Nick Nurse is really going to focus on. You know, if you're all of a sudden like plus 10 in those minutes, now you have a real big buffer um, to, to work with and kind of, you know, get you through the Embiid minutes. Um but yeah, I, I just I, I don't know. So, some of these lineups could be could be pretty wacky for Philly too. Philly doesn't really have too many options, like you said. I mean, if DeAndre Jordan is your best option off the bench, um, like yeah, which he's not, but Rivers thinks well, he is. So okay, yeah. Um, I, I just don't know how I feel about this Philly team, man. Um, they they don't like they came in with so many expectations after the trade, and and now I'm just like I, they they're not as they don't have as many different options as they, I think, made it out to be after that trade. So it's a bit of a one-dimensional team. And Nick Nurse is going to prey on that. And then it comes down to, like you said, half-court offense. I mean, 
Siakam might be the biggest X factor out of everybody in Toronto, just because like, he's probably going to be the guy that's going to have to score those tough buckets. Right. Cause I can't see them putting the ball in like Scotty's hands or, or Ananobi's hands. No. Um, you know, uh, Fred maybe, but I mean, you know, Fred's going to struggle as well, especially in Philly with Matisse, but even in Toronto without Matisse, I think it's still going to be a little bit of a struggle, more of a struggle for, for Fred to score than it is for Siakam. So um, I don't know. Siakam has been impressive. Um, there's been a lot of really great stuff uh, that's been said about him over the last two months, um, pretty much since the all-star break. Um, he's been really, really good. So he might be the X factor for me for Toronto, but I think I have Toronto in six games as well. I do think they're going to win game two. I think they're going to lose game five back in Philly, but uh, I think they hold serve at home. I, I just can't see Philly going into Toronto and winning games. Yeah, I, I can't either. Um, Toronto, number one, number one in the fourth quarter net rating since February 1st. Not there something you, you would expect, but it's a stat. Um, and they have the people talk about that crazy Celtics stretch. The Raptors have the second most wins since February 1st of the Celtics are first. You okay. can't at the right time. Yep. Next series. Uh, so we both had Raptors in six. Next series we're going to do, staying in the East, Celtics, Nets. Um, this is my favorite series. Hard, yeah, this is the hardest one for me. I, I really, I mean, we'll get into it. Um, oh, but historical. Yes. Um, let's see. So Brooklyn and Boston in the regular season this year, uh, Boston won the final three matchups of the year, all played in February and March. Uh, Brooklyn won their early season matchup in November, but uh, I think both teams looked very different back then. Uh, so, yeah, the three matchups that you could probably take the most away from, uh, the Celtics won two of them very convincingly and one of them by six in March. Um, as for playoff history, um, they do have fairly extensive playoff history, but it's been all Brooklyn. Uh, last year, first round, of course, uh, Tatum put up big numbers, but it didn't matter. That Brooklyn team was running through everybody before they got injured. And then they actually played back-to-back -back years in 2002 and 2003. I want to say in 2003, the Nets ended up making the finals. Uh, that's the, I think, Jason Kidd, like Kenyon Martin, maybe. Yep. Um, and then 2002, I believe they also made the finals that year as well and lost to LA and Shaq. Okay. There you go. Yeah, those, those, I remember there's a Jason Kidd versus Celtics series, Paul Pierce, where yeah. like the final scores were like 70 to 67. Some ugly basketball. Um, yeah. <laughs> we're not going to, we're going to see some beautiful basketball in this series, though. Um, my first thought is just not, I will not be betting on the series because it's just not fun to bet against <laughs> Katie and Kyrie. And that's what I yes. want to do. And I'm just not going to. So, um, I think we have to start with the way that the Nets looked versus the Cavs. And I was not impressed. We had impressed. wildly different views of that because I was very impressed. <laughs> I just don't. Okay. So Kyrie missed three shots the whole game. Went 12 to 15. KD, not the best shooting night, but he had. Okay. KD had 25, 5, and 11. It's 11 assists. Kyrie, Kyrie I think, had 34, 5, and 5 or something like that. Like. They got to their 60 points combined. Um, my question in this series is where do the other 50 come from? And I'm having a hard time finding it. In that Cavs game, it seemed like the Cavs were getting great looks during the entire like third and fourth quarter. They're missing layups. 
left and right. The only guy who played well for them was Garland and like kind of Mobley and kind of Kevin Love. Yeah, I was going to say Kevin Love, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, but it just seemed like like this playoff version of the Nets that we're all waiting for. I feel like they should have won that game by a lot more than seven points with the way that Kyrie was playing. And I don't know where they're getting those other points from versus the Celtics. Uh, well, I mean, I, I think that it comes down to, uh, like my X factors for this series is going to be like Bruce Brown, uh, and, and like whoever the big is, because they are consistently, and I mean, we saw it with Cleveland, I believe Milwaukee kind of dared Brooklyn to do the same thing where KD is getting pretty much doubled at almost half. Right. And so that puts Bruce Brown in the short roll situation that we've talked about with Draymond. I think there's a couple other guys that we've talked about it with, but he just has to make the right decision in essentially a two on one, either kicking out to the corner um, or as it happened late in the game against Cleveland, where he was just finding the guy on the alley multiple times, right. Over and over again. It's simple. Um, I, I think obviously the Celtics aren't going to be as formulaic with just kind of sending two guys to KD all the time. I don't think like th- their defense is just too good to just like fall into that trap. But I think that what Bruce Brown is able to do in that short roll situation or whoever it is that they decide to put in that short roll situation, um, that's going to end up deciding this series because I don't see an answer for KD from like any team in the East. And I, I don't think like, I, I know Boston fans think that like Jason Tatum is an incredible defender, but like, he's not going to slow down KD, right? Jalen Brown's not going to slow down KD. If, if they try and play him straight up, I think KD is just going to go 35, 40 points a night guaranteed. Right. And then, you know, you're, I, I think if you're Brooklyn, you're probably going to win if KD is putting up those numbers. Um, if they try and double him again, like, like I said, like there's just so much space for these other guys. And like Seth Curry had a bad shooting night against Cleveland. Um, Patty Mills shot well, uh, but I can't remember who else had a bad shooting night, but somebody else had a bad shooting night. Um, Oh, Kessler uh, Edwards also had a bad shooting night. And so it's like, if, if some of those guys are knocking down threes uh, I think they shot like 32% from three in the game against Cleveland. And I think they were like nine for 28. If that turns into like 12 for 28, uh, even like 12 or 13 for 30, I'll be worried if I'm Boston because those other 50 points that you talked about, I think are coming from Seth, from Bruce Brown, from the alley-oops to Claxton, Drummond, whoever you want. Um, And then I I think they're okay. I really still think they're okay because I I, like (sighs) Brooklyn is as good as Boston's defense is. I just think like Brooklyn's offense is, you're kind of having to pick which way you want to die, right? Like it's a poison one way or another. And I don't know if you can like kind of pick the right poison four times and beat them four times. That's where I'm like struggling to, to see it. Because mm-hmm. as good as Kyrie played, like, I mean, you're still expecting him to maybe not have those shooting numbers, but you're still expecting 60 to 70 combined points from Kyrie and Katie on a nightly basis. I would think. I don't think that's unreasonable. Yeah, I do think Seth Curry is actually hurt, and I'm not sure that that. So, I, I think that poor shooting is going to continue because he has been. He's said that his ankle has been bothering him all year, 
He's not really moving around like he used to. He kind of just stands yeah. there. Yeah. Um, it worries me that like that we're even having to bring up Kessler Kessler Edwards. But yeah, and there's only so much depth they have. I mean, you know. Yeah, I can rely on Patty Mills. I think that's fine. Um, I, I do think Simmons the Simmons coming back news thing that's been going around today, where come back in game four, five, six. I think it's going to hurt them, not help them. Um, yeah, that'd be a weird spot. I was more confident about the Nets before this news came out because <laughs> I just don't like forcing Simmons into the fold where like, like if you're Boston and Katie and Kyrie are on a roll and you're at home and it's game, it's game five, and like shit, what do we do? Just foul Simmons, send him to the line. Like that's going to totally disrupt their entire rhythm, which is what this Nets team is based on. Like, I don't know if it's like, this is like the worst possible, like, way to bring him back like in the middle of a series like not even yes. game one or two like yeah middle of a series against a good defensive team that has played him before and knows all his weaknesses um i have some stats um nets defense not as bad as everyone thinks um they look good in the first half against cleveland i know they gave up yeah, a lot of open good. looks in the second half but they look really good in the first half sixth in the nba since the last week of march so that's like march 22nd 21st um the Celtics don't really have the great playmaker to punish that, like the guard. And like when the Nets play Drummond, the way to beat Drummond is like to have like the Chris Paul type or like the, the great distributor, like the Kyle Lowry type, like someone who can like punish him on pick and roll stuff. It's not really what the Celtics do. They're more of an ISO scoring team. Um, so I think it will be easier, like both energy wise and like personnel wise for the Nets to defend that kind of attack. Um, and a lot of the guys look really good too. Like Claxton looked really good on defense. KD looked really good on defense. I'm not worried about him. Um, when KD sits, they looked terrible. Um, that eight minute stretch, (laughs) they had two points. Um, it wasn't all just missed shots. This is when they were like stepping out of bounds and stuff. And, um, that's worrisome because I don't like, the conventional wisdom would be, oh, they could just increase the KD minutes to more of what they already can. They've already kind of reached that limit. Yeah. And, like, I'm not sure how much farther you can go. Um, that being said, I think Drummond, the, the absence of Williams for the Celtics is pretty hurtful since the Nets have Drummond, who's going to attack the offensive glass. And... I think Tice is a decent option, but it's nothing like what they had before with Williams kind of roaming and like blocking those shots and everything. Well, I think that's does. also where that that short roll comes into play, where like Tice is not going to be able to defend that two on one as comfortably as I think Williams would have been able to, and I, I think Williams would have really hurt Brooklyn a lot. But yeah, no, if Williams is in this series, I'm probably like Celtics in five. Like I don't even like. Okay, I think, six, I, I think but, it's, a, okay, yeah. it's a huge difference to me. Like, <laughs> I, I, yeah. The Nets versus Al Horford switches this year shot 70%. Um, Jesus. And yeah, I, I, I don't know. I think, I think Tatum is the second best series, the second best player in the series or the first best player in the series. The Celtics have a chance, but I don't think that's going to happen. And I, I do believe that Kyrie can sort of lock it on defense. He's done it against Harden and um, yeah. AD. I'm not worried about at all. I, the Nets were a team last year where I, I still picked them over the bucks, despite 
everything, all the injuries. I'm so adamant about it. And they lost on the, the length of a shoelace um, and the shoe size rule. And, you know, I, I can't bring myself to pick against them, at least in this round. So I'm I'm sticking with Nets in seven. Oh, yeah. I got uh, probably Nets in, in six. Ah, we'll go seven. We'll go seven. Well, we'll keep it conservative in Nets and seven. But yeah, I mean, two for two. Yeah, I'm telling you, man, like the Nets just look uh, as good as that Boston defense is. Like, there's only, you have to pick something to stop and you have to pick something to give up. And the Nets have a lot of ways to hurt you. So the the emergence of Bruce Brown is like an offensive option has been insane. Yeah. The guy can actually, like, yeah, the guy can do stuff on offense. He's not the guy that he was last year. Yeah. Okay. Um, On to maybe the most entertaining series that we're going to have. Um, this is Grizzlies wolves. I think it's going to be scrappy. And <laughs> this, yeah, not only will it be scrappy, this might be the worst possible matchup that Memphis could have got um, besides Phoenix in the West. And yep. the wolves are their offense is best against teams that have slow big men like uh, Steven Adams Jonas and, and wait, what, what about, what about Valentinus? Uh, slow on defense. Oh, okay. Well, um, the, the Wolves offense works best against teams like that have guys like Steven Adams and defenses that don't do a lot of switching. Memphis checks both those boxes. Um, I just want to say side note, like the Clippers losing that game was pretty unbelievable to me, given like just the, the the shit that the shit that Tyron Lue was doing, like I just really didn't understand. Like Norm Powell was keeping them in the game with the shooting, and then he just took them out for long stretch. And then he had hit Morris guarding uh, Edwards, which made no yeah. sense. That was a murder. Uh, Paul George was just sort of off in the corner. It seems like I, I don't really know what the what the strategy there was. It took too long to get Zubats in. This is just all yeah. stuff that he was really good at last year, like the whole time. And I, yeah. I'm kind of, I mean, I'm happy that we get this matchup, but I'm kind of surprised that it happened given like how well that game was going for the Clippers and just, just the, the whole team just imploded and it started with him. So that was bizarre coaching performance by him. I'd say we don't see Are that. we off the Tyron Lou train? No, I'm still on, but I, <laughs> I think he's allowed one blip. Like, all right, uh, fair I think, yeah, I, I think last year his performance kind of speaks for himself itself. Yeah. But, um, I, yeah, that was that was a crazy game. That was that was an awesome game though, and I hope this this series lives up to what we got there. Um, the Wolves, they blitz the pick and roll all the time. They are top three in the teams that do it. I think Portland does it a lot, and Denver are the other two. Um, and that's where Jaw and the Grizzlies struggle. Like when you're yeah. really forcing Jaw to like be a playmaker because that's not his strong suit. That's why we said Trey was better than him, and I'll stick to it. Um, and the Grizzlies score in transition. They force to- they first ter- force turnovers. Sorry, both are things. Both of these are things that are typically um, like gone down in the playoffs frequency wise. Uh, Five thirty eight had an article today that I read. Um, about sort of this exact issue and those those two things do go down in the playoffs not by a ton um but the Grizzlies are good at offensive rebounding they're number one at this and that that has actually gone up in the last two playoffs and that that's sort of what the Bucks did last year a little bit so um 
like you said though, Chippy, uh, how do you think how do you think the Wolves like Cat can attack Memphis Memphis's defense and like Dylan Brooks that make a big difference to you because they didn't match they didn't Dylan Brooks all. makes a huge difference to me. Yeah. Um cause I, I well I think Dylan you got Brooks like historical stuff. Yeah, um, so they, they played four times this season, um, and, and they split the season series 2-2, which is, first of all, a little bit worrying for Memphis. Uh, I know we don't like to look at the season uh, season series too much, um, but the two games that they had in this calendar year, uh, the Grizzlies won uh, 116-108 in January, but Minnesota won a February 24th game, 119-114. That's the one I went back and watched. Um, that, I think, is probably the most indicative no Dylan Brooks, to be fair. Um, but that, I think, was the most indicative of both teams' forms uh, late in the season. And that's probably the closest to what this series is going to look like. Um, and, I mean, it, it's just like you were saying with, with Ja and, and what they do with the pick and rolls. And, and just in general, I mean, I thought Ja, even when he's able to get by his guy, he's having so much trouble attacking uh, regardless of whatever Minnesota, uh, whatever big Minnesota has in the game. Um, Vanderbilt is also like really like lanky and, and can kind of like at least match up with jaw uh, inside if he's there on help. Um, so like Minnesota just has a lot of size inside and that like has poses a lot of problems for jaw, unless he can kind of figure out his shot, which like look good early in the season, but like that seems to be the outlier portion of the season. Now. I don't think that's going to change. Um, like, I don't think yeah. he's going to find his shot in the series. Right. Like, and so, uh, you know, free throws, same deal. Um, he hasn't played well against Minnesota all season. Uh, I'm going to try and pull up the numbers here in a little bit, but um, he, he struggled, I think, except for the game that they had like way early in the season, like the first couple months of the season. Um, that's when he was good against Minnesota. He struggled shooting, uh, otherwise against this team, uh, cat, I don't know how big of a factor he's actually going to be in the series. Uh, to me, it's more Russell and, and, um, Anthony Edwards are kind of the two guys that I'm looking at. Um, I really think that like, I mean, in the February matchup that they played, like Russell just was cooking, uh, whoever they had on him. Um, which is again, where I think like a guy like Dylan Brooks becomes really, really useful because Brooks is probably the guy that you throw, on either Russell or Anthony Edwards, whoever's hot. Um, so I think that does make a pretty big difference. Um, that being said, like, I, I just think that Minnesota looked really good in terms of being able to adjust even without cat against the Clippers. And I think they're, you know, they, they can throw so many different looks at you. They can kind of go small and still have a certain amount of length in the game. Um, they can, you know, kind of supersize if they want to as well. I think Memphis is going to run into problems with playing Steven Adams too long. Um, you know, I just don't know how feasible it is to, to play him and JJJ at the same time. Um, I think yeah. that Memphis is going to have to go small at some point in the series if they want to cope. Um, but yeah, the Minnesota defense just really, really impressed me. Uh, not only yesterday, but then also in the matchup from February that I went back and watched. I mean, it's, it's just so, so tough for Memphis to find good looks. You know, so then you're just kind of counting on, you know, Bain or whoever it is to kind of make tough threes or tough mid-range shots. And I, I don't know how feasible that is throughout the course of a series because Minnesota, on the other hand, looked like they were kind of comfortable getting pretty good looks overall. Um, and I think the, the you know, Anthony Edwards and, and Russell are going to have just a, a feast attacking. Yeah, I don't think Jaw is going to be able to defend those guys either. And nope. 
Um, I I think Russell's like shooting like three point variance. If he's hitting like five threes in one game and one in the other, it's going to be a difference maker here. Um, a lot I of the shots Joss, that he's getting are open, man. <laughs> yeah. That's the other part I of did, it. Yeah. I did find Jaws stats versus the Wolves this year. Uh, they played four times, like you said. First game, he did great 33, six, and eight. Second game, um, he was he shot three for nine. Third game, shot five for 16. Fourth game, shot seven for 25. Um, so not the best. And I do think foul trouble is going to loom large in this series. A, because it's going to be chippy, and B, uh, both teams have a lot of guys that get into foul trouble. They're still in Brooks and Jaron Jackson Jr. on the Memphis side, and then Cat, as we saw in the playing game, on the Wolves side. Um, I think Cat two- matters less for Minnesota in this specific series. No, not like not trying to take anything away from Cat than like Brooks and JJJ, I think, are huge for Memphis if they want to get anywhere in this series. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and Beverly is going to have his antics. Um, I, yeah, this one, this one's tough. Um, I think, I think Memphis's depth is still stronger and that's why I think I'm going to roll with them. Um, thinking, I think they can, I mean, they have Tillman, they have, they have guys that like you don't think of that they can throw in there like Brandon Clark. Um, so I'm still going to roll with Memphis, um, in six, but I do think the series is going to be, it's going to have some like high leverage games where, you know, Memphis barely pulls out like game five and you know and that's the difference in the series like i don't i don't think memphis is going to cakewalk in like really more than one or two games and that's where i think uh i'm going minnesota in seven uh largely because i think it's gonna be close games um i think that memphis is going to struggle to close said close games uh such a young team uh morant is like simultaneously like you would think he's a good finisher but he's like not at the same like a closer but he's really not at the same time. He doesn't really control that offense in the same way that like, when you think about like Trey and how he closes games, uh, you know, CP three, a lot of these top level point guards and the kind of guys that you need to break down a Minnesota defense. Um, Morant just doesn't quite have that same sort of playmaking. Um, he's a little bit one dimensional in that sense. And I think it's going to cost Memphis in the end. I think it's, they're going to lose some close, real close games. Um, but that Minnesota crowd looked wild. So um, I don't I don't love Memphis having to go in there and try and close out tough games, um, you know, game four, game six. I think I think those are tough games to close out. Yeah, yeah, I. I don't know, I don't I just don't. Minnesota in seven. <laughs> it's tempting, Seems isn't it? Like... It's God, so tempting. Yeah, I know. The Grizzlies <laughs> won like 55 games, though. It's like, it's I like know, great but... team. This specific match, I think it's a matchup nightmare. It really is. Yeah. Yeah. And you're starting to see a lot of people, you know, today on Twitter, um, even right after Minnesota won, like it's the worst possible matchup. I think that Memphis could have gotten, and I wasn't fully buying it, but then I I go back and I watch that February game. And I'm like, I I don't know if Memphis can create enough, man. I I really don't. Um, The the offense just, it bothers me a little bit. Like it, you're either going to need like Morant to get it ton of fouls and just like hit at the free throw line like I, I really don't know that memphis half court offense just did not look great to me um but yeah i think i think they were missing a couple guys i don't think tillman played in that game and i, I don't think uh, dylan brooks played in that game so i then i don't know how much of a difference that's gonna make yeah okay it's a toss-up series well, I, 
So. Yeah, it really is. I think this and this and Celtics Nets are the two yeah. toss ups. Yeah. Um, okay, on to staying in the West. Um, Warriors Nuggets is our next um, historical info. Oh, historical info. Uh, Golden State and Denver played four times this season. Uh, the Nuggets actually won the first three matchups. Uh, so I think this is going to bode well for your prediction that the series is going to go long. Um, but the Warriors won the most recent matchup on March 10th. Uh, now, I don't believe... Oh, no, Curry did play in that one. Um, so I think that's right before Curry got injured. Um, Curry's timetable for a turn is, I believe, he's questionable for game seems one. Like he's, seems like he's playing in game one. He's like playing he's game like one? Probable. Yeah. Probable. Okay. Uh, I didn't know the exact wording that they used, but uh, yeah, I mean, if he well, plays in game he, one, that's... He, yeah. If he scrimmages tomorrow... He will and, play. Like, everything's good, and then he's playing. Got you. Uh, last time they met in the playoffs was 2013, a long time ago. Uh, the Warriors won that series 4-2. Um, I honestly could not even tell you what that Denver team would have looked like. Ty Lawson. JaVale McGee, Ty Lawson, Iguodala. Iguodala, yeah. So Iguodala was their guy. Interesting-looking team there. Yeah, that was the Very different-looking. Well, I guess the Warriors did have the same score. They were Yeah. Yeah, they basically did. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know if this series is going to go long. Um, I thought that was the whole thing. The Curry in no, I don't know. The Curry <laughs> injury, the Curry injury concerned me. I, I was concerned, but I, I don't know that he like, if he was missing, if he was actually missing games, I would be a lot more inclined to like maybe even start leaning towards Denver. But it doesn't seem like he's going to miss any and. I, don't say that. <laughs> why? It's, it's probable. Like, I, no, I'm like, saying like leaning towards Denver. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, if he, bad, if he yeah. was like missing the first three games, like I, I don't like. Even is that, it crazy that Denver would be up two one? Like I. <laughs> I think I would um, still have Golden State up two one. Anyway. <laughs> God, you hate you hate Denver. I don't hate uh, Denver. I just don't think they're good this year. <laughs> Objectively, the role players are not very good. I agree. That's why I don't think it's gonna be a long series. Um, so Draymond might be spending some time on Jokic. The problem for Denver, yes, they have the best player in the series, but the Warriors have like eight of the top ten and like six of the top seven, and I just don't like. Like depending on your feelings about Aaron Gordon, I just don't know. Like, it's the most one-dimensional player do. in the world. Dude just yeah, cuts, like, and I, if he gets the ball, he may dunk it. That's it. Like the Warriors essentially yeah. have like two, three players that are twenty point a game. Yeah, course. And Draymond, and then they also have like Gary Payton too, and guys like that who are like just Gary Payton second, and guys like that who are just like you know gadget players who could just do all this stuff i like and, that gadget players is that yeah the new term? Like denver okay. doesn't yeah denver has like monte morris and like Jokic is incredible yes um but bones. we've seen teams uh, bones might be their like third best player in the bones is great bones is probably like bones has <laughs> like third second. they could have a chance but i i just yeah. don't know um and I, I really thought last year that that you know Jokic was gonna just foul out everyone's bigs and reap profit but it never happened and I, I if it didn't happen last year and the warriors were probably better equipped than maybe the suns were honestly which is hard hard to say but with draymond and 
with Looney and all the bodies they can throw at him. Um, they, I, I just don't see Denver being able to match the firepower. I, I, I don't know who the hell they're going to put on Curry. Like that's that seems like it's a murder to me. Um, um, and I don't even know who they're putting on Clay. <laughs> yeah, pool, pool can swing playoff <laughs> games. Like I, yeah. I just don't. I can see Denver taking game three or game four. Um, but the, if, the non-Jokic minutes may be like a minus fifteen to minus twenty for Denver. Like, like there's a real chance. That's your MVP. I mean, I I, I think Warriors in five is pretty pretty good. Yeah. Um, I I'm always I'm almost thinking a sweep. If Curry plays, I I could see a sweep. God, that's depressing. <laughs> you really like Denver? Why? Just like I just want them to be good. They, they, they <laughs> had the worst luck out of any like contending team like, ever. It's it's. <laughs> Like, yeah, I kind of do. Just when you think, like <laughs> next year, next year, when Jamal Murray comes back, if Jamal Murray comes back, uh, he's gonna come back. He might come back in this series. It could happen, but probably. I thought they ruled him out. I thought they ruled him and MPJ for the series. Yeah, yeah, I thought they were done for the year, like the year, like playoff year. Uh, really? I don't know. I, they, they go back and forth on this. So. Yeah, I, I feel like they changed their mind a lot. Yeah. Um, do you? I don't have a lot to say about this one. I just, I, uh, the, it's not a like, it's a very one-sided series. If the Warriors play anywhere to their potential, God, if the Warriors, if the Warriors win this and then they make it in the second round, and they have the Wolves. Easy. God, it's pretty easy. It's pretty ideal draw for them. Like, yep. They could have, pretty, a, they could cruise to to yeah. the conference finals. Yeah, and we thought the West was gonna be so difficult. The gauntlet. Did we though? Like, <laughs> I thought I thought it was tough. I, I was worried about like any team that we'd face in the second round, but mostly Golden State. To be fair, yeah. I think it would have been a lot tougher if like Luca was the third seed. Like, yeah, that would have been like the bracket. The, the bracket broke it that way, which is what I think most people are hoping for. That that would have been more yeah. interesting to me. Um, okay, that leads us into Mavericks Jazz, our fifth series that we are going to talk about today. Um, historical stuff. I don't really know where you're going to go with this playoff wise because I can't remember a time that these two teams played. The last time these guys played in the playoffs was 2001. The first round back okay. when the first round was the best of five. And so Dallas won 3 2. It's been a long time. Uh, yeah. And then they played in the 1986 first round as well. And Dallas won 3 1. Um, I don't think I can name you a single player on either team in 1986. In 2001, uh, Mark Aguirre. That's, the... that's my pick. <laughs> Who? Mark Aguirre is probably on Dallas. Who was he playing? Okay. Yeah, right, there you go. That's one player. Um, Adrian Dantley or Mark Aguirre. Dantley. Yeah. That's a good shout. Uh, he was probably playing in that series. Um, 2001 would have been Young Dirk uh, and the corpses of John Stockton and Carl Malone, I believe. <laughs> Stockton might have even been playing. gone by then. I guess they were. They were Malone definitely was, much. but I don't know if Malone was still yeah. playing for Utah. Um, but it's on the yes, Lakers for a while, but I don't know. Yeah, that was well, in 2004, though. Bounced around. Yeah, but he bounced around a little bit before that, I think. So, okay. Honestly, could not tell you, but I believe Carl Malone was still playing, and uh, Jerry Sloan was coaching. Legend of Utah. 
um, in the regular season this year. Um, and again, like, I don't really know how much to take from this, but uh, two losses and two wins for each. Um, the Jazz won the first two in December and February, but Dallas won both matchups in March. So, eh, uh, you know, March is kind of when things really started shifting Dallas's way. I think that's when they would have gone Dinwiddie. Um, so, yeah. and Dinwiddie's been pretty important for them. I, I think he's like top five in clutch plus minus. He's like the only non-Suns player in the top six. Oh, really? Yeah, some like crazy stat like that. Um, but he has been pretty good for that team. Hit a couple uh, back-to-back game winners, I think it was, um, at yeah. some point in March. And yeah, good all around. But uh, Luca is the big story, I would think. Uh, if no Luca, this series could be over before it really starts. Um, as broken as Utah is, I, I don't think they're that bad. Are they that they could lose to Luca? No, I don't think they are. No, they're not. Um, Luca is going to miss game one. It really seems like, and and it could be more. The Mavs are going to slow this game down, try to rely on their defense. Um, I don't know how much of a good strategy that is, unless Utah is just missing threes, which could totally happen. Uh, it seems like game one is really must win for Utah, like that, and I think that's it's hard Both to games really... at home. game one and two. I think. Well, Luca. Oh, play. sorry. I guess they're away. Yeah, 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 Ooh. yeah. Okay. So they're away. Yeah. So it, it's going to be interesting. Um, and you know, uh, Luca. The Luca thing is, there. There's clearly more information than they're letting on. Like no one really knows how bad it is. It, the The video looks pretty bad. Um, because at first when I watched it, it seemed like he hit. He like had knee to knee contact with somebody else, but then. That's not where the injury happened. It was a non-contact thing. Um, and the last player to play with like a calf strain was KD when he tore his Achilles. Um, and not what we want. Memories. Nope. So I think they're going to be pretty cautious about this. And I don't know how much of this is like, even if they get through, they're going to have to play Phoenix. Like I, I'm kind of thinking if the bracket had broke the other way, they might be more aggressive in ramping him up. Um, yeah, if I had to guess, I think he comes back like game four. Um, and by but then, only if it's like still know. a competitive series, I think. If it's like three, yeah, like I, I, I don't know. I don't think it's gonna be three zero. But I, I, I think the Mavs have like good enough. Like I think the Jazz aren't like the Jazz will find a way to blow on these games without Luca. I feel like and. That's what they do, and oh, like Gobert, versus Gobert, Luca is the only guard on the Mavs who scores more than one points per one point per possession, like pick and roll wise, which is pretty like if you if you're scoring more than one point, it's usually pretty good. Um, in clutch time, the Jazz have struggled so much, um, and the Mavs have been good, but a lot of that is Luca, and like they don't have him. Then, I don't care what Dinwiddie's numbers say. Like, I don't trust him to like run this offense to perfection. And I also don't. I also think the Mavs aren't going to be able to go small like they want to against the Jazz with Gobert and that whole situation without without Luca. I don't know if they have the shooting to make it work either. Yeah, especially without Luca kind of giving him open looks. Like, yeah, I'm just not seeing it. So 
I, I mean, I, I don't have a ton to say about the series because it's just it is so dependent on that one injury. Um, yeah, but, no, I mean, it really is because um, Dallas without Luca, I mean, Luca's been their offense. I, I think once Kid kind of figured that out, like that's really when they started kind of hitting their stride when it looked like they might actually make a run at the three seed. Um, and without Luca, it just becomes sort of this deal where you're kind of expecting a lot out of some of these secondary guys to step up and, you know, put together performances that like, you know, Brunson is great as a secondary scorer, you know, especially off the bench against a second unit, but like, can he come into a starting lineup and, you know, play big minutes? Can he close games um, without Luca and be like the primary focus? Um, can Dinwiddie be the primary focus when they're trying to close out games? Um, and, and to be honest with you, like, I don't even know if they're going to be in a position where they're going to have a chance to close out games, right? They might be down 10, 15 points by the time, you know, the fourth quarter kind of rolls around and, and they're getting in the last, you know, five, six minutes of the game. Um, I, I think they're really going to struggle to keep it close. And, and, you know, a lot of Utah, I mean, as good as Dallas's defense is, you know, Utah just, just shoots lights out sometimes and there's nothing you can really do about it. You know, it has nothing to do with, with the defense. It's just, you know, Jordan Clarkson just hitting insane shots, right? Mitchell, I think Mitchell should still, like I, I would favor Mitchell to play pretty well in this series. I think he's going to No, get, yeah, they don't have, they don't be able to guard Mitchell. Like, yeah, I, I really don't think they do, um, you know, so, and that's with or without Luca, but like at least with Luca, I kind of, you know, can see Dallas keeping up with Utah um, without Luca. I just don't think they can keep up. And so a lot of these games may be kind of done by halftime. Um, the one saving grace, like you said, is Utah is bound to blow a game here or there. Um, so, but are they going to blow four? I don't know. Uh, can Luca get back before this series is two out of the, you know, out of reach? I, I really don't. Don't think so. Um, Cause it's calf strain again. Like you said, you don't want to risk it. You know, your, your championship, their championship window is not right now. You know, they don't need to win it this year. Um, yeah. Luca is you know, so young and you don't want to you know, ruin his age 23, 24, 25 seasons because of some injury in a year where you're maybe going to lose in the second round to Phoenix. So. Yeah. I, I think, I think the injury is worse than what the consensus is. Um, and I, I think even if he comes back by game four, which I think is pretty optimistic, um, that it, it might be 2-1 by then. Um, probably not 3-0. It could be 3-0. I just don't I don't know. Like, that seems like I think I'll get one. One of the first two at home, maybe. Um, but, yeah, I think, I think it's too much to overcome. I'm going to go Jazz in sixth, um, closing out at home. I mean – it's Luke, even if Luca does come back, he's going to be hobbled. And I, I just don't know. Yeah. That's the other part of it. I mean, if Luca comes back at hundred percent, I'll go Dallas and seven, but um, I just don't think he does. And so, yeah, Utah. And even if he six. came back, even if they were down two Oh, and he came back at hundred percent, I'd probably still pick Dallas. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, like easily. Like <laughs> down three, they're going to be down three Oh, and I'd still like consider it. Like, <laughs> I would still probably pick Luca. It's Utah. Like, uh, I don't know but, I mean, I just, jazz i don't like i, I just oh, yeah. feel like like my my love for this team is really like faded i, I just don't, I don't enjoy like, yeah i don't enjoy <laughs> them anymore um yeah. all right bucks bulls uh milwaukee in four let's move on now uh, <laughs> i'm sorry that the bucks just are or sorry the bulls are just not not good i don't know if you had anything on them 
I mean, I have a little bit. Um, I, I do think their only chance in this series is like, wait, what, what's your what's your Mavs prediction? Uh, Mavs in seven if Luca comes back in 100%. Otherwise, Utah in six. Okay. Actually, Utah in five. Oh. Okay. Um, yeah, the Bulls are not good at defending the paint. Um, and that is where the Bucks are so good. And usually where the Bucks lose in games, they're favored in the playoffs is when they, they have to shoot threes and they miss all of them. And they don't even have to do that against this team. And Budenholzer is so good against the division teams. It's not funny. Um, and I think of, I think the Bulls to win, they, to win more than one game, I think they're going to have to shoot like 35 threes a game and make a ton of them and just make it into that kind of thing where it where it just turns into variance. Patrick Williams is back. Not a lot of people have talked about that. I think it helps him a little bit in the series. Not a ton. A little bit. Um, still no Lonzo. That's, that hurts a lot um, because just the, the looks that he's able to get those shooters. Um. I, they have ways to defend the Rosen one-on-one. They have ways to defend Levine. Bucevic does not scare me at all. And it's just Giannis. It's Giannis versus everybody. And even saying all this, there is totally a way that the Bucks could give up 25 threes in game one Still to the Bulls and, and lose. And then lose the game and then come back and gentlemen sweep them. Or that. So I, I, my, my official prediction is Bucks in five. I do, think, I do think those games in Chicago will be ridiculous, like atmosphere-wise, no matter yeah. what. Um, so I'll think I'll take one of those. But um, yeah, I don't see this going beyond five. Um, season series, Bucks won 4-0. Uh, I honestly cannot remember the last time Chicago beat any sort of like half decent team uh, in the East or West this season. I don't know if they had a national TV win like against a good team. I don't know if you can remember anything. The Bulls? Yeah. I think they had like one early season, like November against one of the East teams. I don't know. Like which, maybe Cleveland, like Boston. Maybe? I don't know. Boston? Yeah. I can see that. Um, yeah, they, they just lose to, to good teams. And I mean, to their credit, they, they kept a lot of these games close. Um, you know, 118, 112 back in March, um, 94, 90 in january but uh, at the end of the day man i mean milwaukee is like you said they're, they're just going to tear it up inside um you know transition we've we've talked about it for years now milwaukee's so good in transition um you know so Ch- chicago's best bet like you said either rain a lot of threes uh, the problem with raining a lot of threes is that you're going to give up points in transition off that um off long rebounds whatever it is um but you know i i really do think that that Chicago needs to try and, and like, yeah, I think shooting might be the only real way that I could see them pulling this one out. Cause if they try and, you know, even slow this down, I was going to say like, try and slow it down and like make it like a half court game. But like, I, I just think Milwaukee's too good. And like they, they can't guard them, you know, for 48 minutes and, and not give up like a million paint points. So yeah, uh, so I'm sorry, Bulls fans, but like it's really, really tough to see any sort of way for them to to come out of this series. Um, in terms of historical context, last time they met was 2015. Um, the Bulls actually won that. that series four two. I don't actually remember this. Uh, that was the uh, 
God. Some dude on the Bucks hit a layup at the buzzer in like game four to avoid the sweep. Um, and they came back and they won game five. Huh. Two, maybe. I remember Jimmy Butler had like a really good dunk in game two of that series for some reason. Other than that, I don't, I don't have much. Okay. Rose would have been out for this okay. year or that year. Yeah, it was yeah. like Jimmy Butler and the gang, and I forget. <laughs> no, Rose was in. Rose was in. Rose was in that year. Oh, yeah, because that was the year that he hit that, that buzzer beater. Yeah, yeah. Cleveland that was the series after this. Yeah, yeah. I don't yeah, remember yeah, okay. who the hell was on who was on uh, Milwaukee, right? Yeah. Yeah, okay. like. Honestly, yeah, like uh, I Brandon think they were like the sixth seed, too. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah, that was a weird year. Okay. Anyways, all their previous meetings were, were 1990 or before. Um, you know, I think one of them was 74. So I think that would have been a Kareem year, but, uh, or mm-hmm. Lou Elcinder. Um, but, uh, this is yeah. when Jason Kidd was on the, was coaching the Bucks 2015. 2015. Yeah, it would have been, that yes. would have been like Giannis's yes. rookie year, maybe. Uh, Giannis's rookie year was, I know that Giannis's rookie year is the year before that. Yes. Yeah. 2014. Um, yep. So, so. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you had four or five? I uh, four. Nice, clean, okay. sweet. Yep. Gotcha. There's always one. Um, <laughs> there is. Uh, unless you, I mean, the Suns are going to be the other one, probably. But it depends on who you play. Uh, come on. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, Clippers still scare me, man. <laughs> I, I don't bit. like that. Um, heat. I'm begging for the Cavs to win on Friday night um, over the Hawks. Yeah, you don't want the Cavs to win. Come on. <laughs> I mean, I don't, but I, the Heat do. Um, yes. Uh, heat Hawks would be interesting. Yeah, it would be interesting. I, I still think they'd kind of beat up the Hawks and win in six, but. Um, Trey and those guys who've seen them make a run before, they have answers for Bam. They don't really have an answer for Jimmy, but I'm not sure how much you need one anymore. Did uh, what we've seen from him. That's not really his role, right? I mean, they're kind oh, of similar Lord. teams in a way. Like, yeah, a bunch of shooters. They're supposed to play good defense, but the Hawks kind of don't. Um, <laughs> and, uh, like, Trey, Trey doesn't really have a comparison, it. but no. I would love to see this series. Um, and I would probably sprinkle some on the Hawks winning it just because I think the odds would be ridiculous. But um, I'd probably go Heat and six if it happens. Yeah, I'd probably tend to go Heat and six. Um, I think it's a really weird matchup, um, to be honest with you. But I, I think like Atlanta's problems are probably just going to come and like Trey is just not going to get as much room as he wants to against Miami. Mm-hmm. Um a with with you know how good of a schemer um eric spolstra is and then b just with like the options that miami has to throw at trey um and you know i would expect jimmy to get the workload the most of the workload on on trey if that series happened um i don't know if i'm wrong maybe lowry i think I get, no, I don't think Lowry's doing that anymore at this right? stage. So that's why I, th- I, I think, think it's Jimmy. Jimmy. Yeah, yeah, but I, I think that 
where Atlanta kind of thrives in that pick and roll, pick and roll situation. I think that's also where Bam thrives. Um, Bam's mm-hmm. not one of those guys that you can really kind of put in a torture chamber. Um, and so I think Trey's going to struggle. I, I don't think Capella's ever really going to get it going just because he's not going to get, you know, those easy kind of buckets from Trey. Um, and then I, I think it largely comes down to can Atlanta shoot the ball at a ridiculously high clip. And I don't think they can do that four times. Um, I think they can do it probably a couple times. And so, yeah, I would say six games is probably about right for this series. Um, but Miami, I mean, just, you know, the body of work throughout the season, um, the playoff experience that they have. Um, and, and I just don't think Atlanta can kind of punish them in the ways that some of these other teams in the East can um, say when like, you know, Robinson is on the floor or, you know, especially hero is on the floor. Um, I just don't think Atlanta like punishes that. Um, so I think that's where they're going to run into trouble. And I think Miami's defense is solid enough to get through the series. Okay. Uh, if it's the Cavs, I don't even think it bears discussion. But... Ah, that could be a sweet man. Um, just because Jared Allen comes back, I think it's a little interesting, but it, it seems like he's just actually hurt. And I, I don't know yeah. how much how much of an incentive they would have to like bring him rush him back for the series. I, I don't think there is any. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I Cleveland guess has a lot of size, which kind of hurt Miami. But like Miami also has like the option of just playing like Deadman and Bam if they're like really really struggling with the size. Yeah, um, and it's not the worst thing in the world. Um, but yeah, I, I just don't like neither of these teams can really hurt Miami. You know, like the few weaknesses that Miami does have, like it's just hard to like that. These aren't the teams that can like exploit that. Uh huh. So okay. Yeah. Well. Move, so sweep sweep yeah okay so moving on to your team the suns await mm. their opponent they do not want to see the clippers again but they no. probably will never um, again <laughs> yeah i think the pelicans are gonna have to have like a cj 37 point performance to, to win happen. the playing game could happen. could happen could happen yeah. but um valentunas also kind of kills the clippers too interestingly mm-hmm. um this year, at least. So, if it's the Suns, Clippers, Western Conference Finals rehash, where the Clippers kind of could have won the series if a different, if a couple of things, if they didn't, like if literally the NBA a didn't couple force things. The Clippers, yeah, if the Clippers <laughs> didn't have to play like on Saturday back, morning back, in back, Phoenix, back. like yeah, like right after they won their previous series, yeah. and <laughs> if you know if the value doesn't happen, all this stuff. If CP3 really doesn't go for like 41, or whatever it was in that game six. Well, I, I think he, I think he earned that. I think he earned that. I'm not gonna. Okay. All that's right. like, that's valid. Yeah. Okay. All right. That was his moment. Um, <laughs> that's true. That's true. But I think like a, like a couple things happened in game two that like could have totally been different. Yeah. Game one, I think the Suns probably still pulled out, but um, yeah. But it's, um, it was okay. very close series. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Suns Clippers. Round two, I think it would be a sweep. I don't. I think, I think the Suns are like gonna really cakewalk. I think they're cakewalking everyone in the West until you are insane. Okay, all right. Okay, I, I can kind of buy that. <laughs> no, no, I can kind of buy that. All right, I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay, there's no Luca, <laughs> probably. And Memphis, we could struggle with Memphis. We might go to six games against Memphis. No. We might go to five games against Minnesota. Put... Oh no! Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think Memphis could maybe do it, but like, I don't think like I, I, 
Memphis is always ways to us. stop Jaw. Like there, there. I don't think they've like unleashed bridges like yet. And like, no. <laughs> like they really only unleashed him in that one in that one uh, Warriors game where uh, Steph. He, like, yeah, yeah, we had he held Steph to like the terrible shooting. We always stuff. unleash him on Dallas on Luca. He loves playing against Luca. Yeah, so see, I'm not even worried. Like I, I, yeah. I just that's I true, they, man. They have too much talent, man. Yeah, we're pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, I I think I'll go five or six against the Clippers. Well, maybe not six. Probably, probably five. I'll go five. Yeah, this, I'll go five. Fine. This Clippers team is probably a little bit worse than they were last year, and uh, we're a little bit better than than we were last year. Um, the Suns team has so many options now. Um, you know, you can literally have Cam Johnson come off the bench and and give you fifteen on any given night. Um, so yeah, so many scoring options. Um, I also think that like like the, the clutch time performances that we've seen out of Phoenix time and time again throughout the regular season, like that's kind of what you're going to be getting from like the start of the game and the playoffs. Like we're not going to mess around and try and give like Mikhail, you know, five looks in the first half or something like that. Right. Like we're just going to go and hit our mm-hmm. stuff early. Um, and so we're going to try and I think we're going to try and run teams out of the, the building as soon as possible. Um, I don't think we want to mess around. I don't think we want to get into close games that are like, you know, I, I don't think we want to get into games we can lose in the fourth quarter. Um, and I, I think the Clippers best hope <clears throat> is really to try and have Paul George play at uh, probably even beyond the level that he was reaching against Utah and against uh, against Phoenix last year. Um, and he's going to need to do that every single night in this series because i mean the suns just keep on coming man i mean we've talked about them all year long like so many options so many ways to hurt you so well disciplined kind of get into our sets and the sets are like so simple but they just work because like we've done it a million times and we just know exactly like what spots to get into um everyone kind of has their sweet spot they hit them um mikhail sort of found his footing in terms of becoming more of a scorer um so yeah i mean you're not wrong um again like i'm a little bit more cautious uh, i guess i don't want to say that we're going to cakewalk everybody and then have us lose like the first round or something <laughs> um and then get you know kind of clowned for that but yeah i mean we we really should the only team we should really have trouble with in the west is golden state um i'm still really worried about golden state and i think that golden state is going to beat us but um really i, I think Yes, yes. Well, we'll get to that point of the, the podcast. Yes. Oh, hold on, okay. hold on. <laughs> but yeah, I, I am picking Golden State out of the, out of the West. Um, but yeah, every other team, I, I think it should be five. Why, why are you shaking your head at me? What is this? I don't know. Are you me? I, Have you seen Golden State play? I want... <laughs> that team is good. He has kicked everybody's nasty. ass this year. Except for better, Golden State. We lost them three times. <laughs> They're so good. We have issues against them, man. They cause us problems because they they Mikhail disrupt is... our sh- like. Oh, I don't even care. Like Mikhail is great, but like they bother us. Like I, it's gonna be low scoring. It's gonna be like like okay, maybe not Toronto Philly levels of low scoring in that 2019 series, but like it's gonna be that kind of like series where it's just like grind it out. Buckets are gonna be like at a premium. It's that's gonna be tough. Anyway, yeah, we'll, yeah. we'll talk that's about why it. Chris Paul. Um, um. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm surprised by this, but I guess we'll guess we'll see when we get there. If we get there, <laughs> if we get there, we'll we'll probably. It's get unpredictable. There. Yeah, it's three rounds. It's three rounds. Yep. 
That's true. Yeah. Long. That's like long that's rounds. in you know two months from now almost. Yeah, um, it's just about you know, a month. Nah, it's like a month. Yeah. It's a month, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Okay. I guess start of the conference finals. Yeah, about a month. Okay. Well, with that, there you have it. Finals matchup and result. That's all I want, and then we are done. The Brooklyn Nets will beat the Golden State Warriors in six games. Yeah. Are we not going to go through the entire bracket? I thought we usually go through the entire bracket. Come on. I mean, we can, but like... (laughs) Are we saving it for the Twitter Um, thread? (laughs) We can save it for the Twitter thread. (laughs) I I don't mind. need to stop doing the the Twitter threads because I had Lakers as the one seed and you were the (laughs) Hawks. We might need to stop. We really messed it up. Uh, I'll but in the playoffs, we get it Twitter. kind of right. Yeah. But I oh, have yeah. to think, yeah, I'm going to save my bracket for Twitter because I don't, okay. like, uh, like any, like the, the, the second round and beyond, I have to think about it. I'll give you the final. Okay. Yeah, final. Well, what's um, the final prediction? <clears throat> Suns, Bucks, rematch. Suns and Will Bucks. we win it this time? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> what? I would love that. No, yeah. I'm kidding. Suns and seven. Suns and seven. I can see that. It's been too be long since we've had a seven. It's been too long since we've had a seven game finals. When was yep. the last time? Twenty sixteen. Yeah. Yeah. It's a while. It's we deserve it. We deserve it. Yeah. That's been more than half a decade. Yeah. We shouldn't go this long without seven games in the finals. Nets yeah. Warriors would be awesome too. I would not complain about that. Yeah. Can you imagine? My ideal, my dream matchup. Yeah. Is probably. So I can't. I guess if the Hawks make it, I can't include them. But Boston I, Phoenix, that'd be fun. Oh, that fuck Boston. <laughs> I mean, I feel that, but like it would be fun from like a pure basketball Hawks, standpoint. Hawks, Grizzlies. <laughs> Just to know. like make That's... sure that Trey is better than Ja. <laughs> yeah, like put the yeah, finish on it. There you go. Now there, there are a lot of really so good finals matchups. Not on the Heat this year. No, 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 no. They're, they're, they got flaws. I agree. I agree. I'm yeah. off. And they don't have Jay Crowder. Um, uh. <laughs> it's a big part of it, actually. It is. Okay. It is. Well, I think we're done. Um, <clears throat> enjoy the playoffs. And we look out for that Twitter thread. At a later date. Yes, look at Twitter <laughs> because there will be some crazy stuff on there. Oh, who's your finals MVP? Up. Book? Yeah. Yeah. All right, I got Katie. Yeah. And mine. All right. God, the Warriors all over. <laughs> it's happening. Man. Like this. They're so good. Uh, that defense is scary. Okay. Jesus.